What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another Jelly Cards podcast. I'm Jason, and with me is my best friend and co-founder of Jelly, John. This week's episode, we are going to take you through the world of Pokemon. Pokemon cards have evolved so much since we were kids, so we want to highlight those changes. We also will talk about the greatest Pokemon ever created and give our opinions on the future of Pokemon cards in the TCG world. Now let's roll that music. Welcome back to episode six of the Jelly Cards Spread the Hobby Love podcast. First things first, I really think these podcasts might be a bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) I I I feel like I am looking at cards and buying more cards than I have prior to doing these podcast episodes. Yep. Um, I will just put it out there. Uh, <laughs> I did end up making another card purchase this morning. Oh, God. Just like a, a blanket warning. If you yep. don't listen to the podcast unless you want to get addicted to buying cards. Yeah. And it was... Um, I made the offer at what was it? Four thirty in the morning. Oh God! By the time I got to work, it was accepted. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Oh man, it just you know. This whole episode. So, we've been talking a lot about sports cards. You know, primarily baseball. But heavily, heavily have been talking about sports cards. But that's not just what we um, invest in or collect. Because we were lucky enough to grow up and be around when Pokemon came over from Japan to the States in 1999. And probably what might have been the first type of card that we actually collected right i mean yeah we said that in the very first episode that uh technically speaking we've been collecting for over 20 years because we were all all four of us were heavily invested and addicted to pokemon cards i don't know about you and i don't know about uh eric and luke but i never played the game i never played that i never actually used the pokemon cards how they were supposed to be used my brothers and i just collected them because they were awesome and they reminded us of the show and then oh we definitely played the game boy game i know you did too oh i i still to this day play the game boy game i i'll i'll go through phases where if i pick up my ds see now i haven't i haven't played any game past sun and moon which is generate which is gen 7 so anything on the switch i haven't played because i don't own one but i have played x and y sun and moon omega ruby a thousand times. Holy crap. Yeah, I mean, a uh, little bit of exaggeration. But when I get in these phases, I can't put, I can't put my DS down and not play these games. Um, but I think, yeah, I think it was, it was great for us to be able to experience what a lot of kids now are experiencing. You know, or, or any, even just collectors in general. Because it's not just kids that are going to these stores and collecting Pokemon cards and stuff. I mean, it's a lot of adults too, but you know, we were able to grow up during that era where 
we were just, I mean, we, we were buying the cards and not really caring about the quality of them. I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of insane that now as adults, we're getting back into something that, you know, we loved as kids and found so fun to now it's, you know, we're looking at it as to like, hopefully make us a profit. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's kind of, it's heartwarming to be honest. It's pretty cool. But I did want to, um, before, uh, before I let everybody know about my recent card purchase, (laughs) um, I did want to ask you, so from when you were a kid till now, what, has been your favorite card you have collected and uh favorite pokemon card so not not necessarily just your your best card but what's your absolute favorite card god okay that's a tough question because that you you personally have not one that you want or anything like that that you actually have yeah so my brothers and i all kind of like combined our collections together so it's pretty tough, but I'm going to give you the one that I love the most because I remember pulling it. Uh, the obvious answer is for a lot of people is going to be Charizard because everyone loves that Charizard card. It's like the card when we were little kids that we were always hunting for and wanting. But unlike you, Jason, I, I stopped playing the Pokemon game and stopped really getting into the sets after Gen 2. And my favorite card that we have, I have, that I actually sent for grading because I love it so much, is I have the Neo Revelation Raikou Hollow in a first edition. And I'm pretty sure it came back a PSA 9, maybe a PSA 8. Nice. But, but that's, yeah, that's definitely my favorite card because uh, we're probably going to get into it later on this episode. But I played Pokemon Silver for months and months and months trying to catch the legendary dogs and it's actually it's kind of funny because suicune became became one of my favorite pokemon because it took me so long to catch suicune and i caught suicune one day and it was one of the happiest days of my young life but that raikou card is my favorite because i remember pulling that card and the feeling i felt seeing it and the excitement and just to get it graded and protected and authenticated and yeah it's it's like we said on the very first episode, this is what got us addicted to cards, that feeling and that joyous feeling of looking at Pokemon cards and collecting them and opening the packs. Yeah, my, my winded answer is my favorite card is my Neo Revelation first edition Raikou Hollow in a PSA 9. I've nice. obviously had it raw, but I graded it just for the protection and I'm happy it got the 9. But um, yeah, what about you? What's your What's your favorite card? I feel like we should eliminate Charizard. You can't say Charizard. Oh, that would even be I probably. I mean, I love my my Hollow Charizard, you know, from the base set collection. But would even be one of my close favorites. Nice. Um, honestly, and it's it's actually a card that I recently got. So it's a, it's it's not a card that I pulled. Oh. Um, yeah, it's a card that I purchased that I. When you know what, I love this card so much. I don't have it in my collection, and I treated myself to a little bit more expensive card. Um, it's it my first edition Koga's B Drill Hollow. Oh, nice! Yeah. Uh, to every listener out there, I am gonna make my statement here. My all-time favorite Pokemon 
from any generation, always and will forever be Beedrill. Dumb. <laughs> okay. I there is not a time where I play any one of the games. If I can catch a Beedrill in the game, I will catch a Beedrill in the game. It will be in my lineup. Awesome respect. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I went to uh, um, Gamers World, uh, which um, to anybody who doesn't know, it's just they sell a lot of like board games, things like that. Um, but they also have display cases. They sell a lot of uh, like Pokemon merchandise, single cards, and they had a first edition uh, Koga's B Drill there in a, a hollow. And I went, you know what? I deserve this. <laughs> I deserve to treat myself. And I'm, and it was in, I mean, if I sent it in to get graded, which I want to in my next grading order, I am going to send it in along with my Charizard and my Dragonite hollow as well. Um, I really think that that card will come back, uh, come back at least a nine. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 the reason why I bought it was because it was in such great condition and it's Beedrill and I love Beedrill. Which yeah. is also the uh, purchase that I made this morning. <laughs> of course it was. Um, so, yeah, this morning I purchased a SGC9 um, 1997 um, Pocket Monsters Beedrill card from Japan. So, um, back in 1996, I believe, is the first time that um, Pocket Monsters was created and released in japan and then not yeah the 1997 they released another set and that's yeah it was only as you see only graded two of those cards um one was a nine one was a seven the nine was listed it was at a um really great price i think and i you know made an i watched it because a lot of times you end up watching listings on especially if they're buy now You'll watch listings on eBay in hopes that seller is going to give you an offer. Yes, absolutely. You know, and that's a lot of times I like looking at buy nows, especially if the listing price um, is reasonable because sometimes they can be a little high. <laughs> a lot of the time. Yeah. But this one I thought was, I was like, okay, let's see. And yep, I received an offer this morning, countered. <laughs> And they accept it, and yeah, it should be here next week. So yeah, it's really cool because I mean, it's it's from 1997. It's one of the original like Pokemon cards. Yeah, because it's, it's called Poke uh, um, Pocket Monsters before mm -hmm. it actually became Pokemon. Uh, so yeah, it, it's pretty cool. It, it's just for my own personal collection because I really do want to start collecting like all the B drill cards and have it, you know, have that for my own enjoyment. That'd be that'd be really cool. And now you, you have the highest SGC graded Pocket Monster B drill. Yeah. I mean, yeah, only two. And I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. This is like a trend now. I'm starting <laughs> to get all these little pop, no, you know, cards, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's because, like we said, we're tying the episodes all into the next episode. It's because you're, you're finding these hidden gems of rare cards that people, most people don't have or want to have or don't even know that they want to have. And that's awesome. That's cool. I'm happy that you, you got the your favorite Pokemon card in SGC9. Yeah, and um, I've also been looking at, because my second favorite Pokemon is uh, Lycanroc. 
uh, Lycanroc is from the Sun and Moon generation, which is Gen 7. Um, ab- Sun and Moon, the game, uh, made me absolutely fall in love with rock types. <laughs> and I never used rock types in my lineups. Never. I thought rock types were a waste of time. Now, I always have a rock type in my lineup. Dang. Yeah, and it's all because of Lycan Rock. <laughs> okay, right on. Uh, second favorite. Yeah, that's. We gotta get into this episode because we're gonna just keep talking about our favorite Pokemon. But no, no, no. I, you know what? Scratch everything we wanted to talk about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's just go down the list of how, what our favorite Pokemon are. Yeah, honestly, I. Uh, I said earlier that like Charizard should be eliminated, but you're right. I. Charizard is definitely like the most iconic Pokemon. I, okay, that's wrong. Pikachu is, but Charizard in collecting is the guy that people usually always want. But in, when it came to playing the game and my starter, I always want Water type. So my second favorite Pokemon, actually my first favorite Pokemon, is Blastoise and Suicune is second. Nice. But, but I also like like uh, Vulpix. I'm a big Vulpix lover and Ninetales. Oh, Ninetales. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love. I love the. <laughs> It's kind of, it may be lame to say, but I like the cute and cuddly, cuddly Pokemon, like Vulpix and Growlithe and Arcanine. Because I feel think, like if, if, oh, if you man. think Ninetales is cute and from base set, have you seen the Alolan version of Ninetales? Oh, I've seen the it. Ice yeah. type? Absolutely. I actually, th- I actually prefer the Alolan Ninetales over the original Ninetales. Uh, okay, don't, I, my opinion is these like, these Gen 1 and Gen 2 are the, uh, always going to be my favorites but i love pokemon like ninetales and arcanine because i always imagine if i ever had if pokemon was ever <laughs> my... <laughs> in real life if we ever i thought pokemon, about that all the time too man yeah i want a ninetales i want an arcanine so i can play with them and hang out with them <laughs> yeah, that's so funny because i would think about it too what if pokemon were real oh, who yeah. would i have and i was just thinking about just having this bejo flying around my bedroom <laughs> yeah <laughs> You wouldn't be able to sleep, but oh my god, I'd, yeah. I'd have panic attacks here and freaking buzz noises while I try to sleep. All right, but let's let's actually dive deep into this episode, yeah. um, because if you haven't noticed already, <laughs> um, this episode is just all going to be about the evolution of Pokemon cards. Um, like I said, we were privileged to be able to grow up. Um, when Pokemon was uh, released in the States in 1999. Um, I really miss Wizards of the Coast. Yep. Um, For anybody new to collecting Pokemon cards, uh, Wizards of the Coast were the original um, printers of Pokemon cards. They printed the cards from 1999 to 2003. They, man, it's, I, I miss their cards because back then the hollows were the hits. Yeah. You know, hollows nowadays, they're, they obviously, they don't even look the same, but I just, I, I miss that, that look of, of the original Pokemon cards. Absolutely. You know, and um, so, yeah, the first original base set was released in 1999. Um, I believe the first actual set that came out were the Shadowless cards. 
I think you might be right. Either either the first edition Shadowless or just base Shadowless. Uh, I think it was the. F- oh, that's actually a good question now. But I know the Shadowless cards. So there's a difference. So anybody who collects from the base set, there are what are called the Shadowless versions of the cards, and then there's the unlimited versions of the card. So if if you can picture in your head, um, let's we'll just go with the base set Charizard. On the left hand or the right hand side of the artwork is right next to the pick the frame is a, a drop shadow. If you see a drop shadow on your card, that's an unlimited card. If there is no drop shadow there and it's just the background of the um, of the actual card, the color of the actual card, that means that it's shadowless, which shadowless cards are way more expensive than, than the limited ones because they were more rare because they, they weren't printed as much. Exactly. Um, hence why unlimited is called unlimited. Yeah. And then, so, you know, fast forward to 2003. 2003 was when WOTC, uh, which short for Wizards of the Coast, that's when they stopped printing sets. Um, Sky Ridge was the last WOC printed set, which was in May of uh, 2003. Yeah. Yeah, very, very sad day. Absolutely. Those, yeah, keep going. Um, And what I love most about Wizards of the Coast is that they didn't print so many sets either. The way, the way that we're going to we're going to end up jumping way ahead here on this but just the way that Nintendo prints their sets now i mean they're pumping out sets left and right yep in if you look from from 1999 to 2003 so in base set you had what five sets you had base set you had jungle you had fossil base set 2 Oh my God! What am I? What am I missing? Team Rocket and Team Rocket. Yes, thank you. Yep. And then after that, you had the Gym Challenge and Gym Heroes. Love that set. Those sets. So, so that's seven sets right there. And then jump to Gen Two is when they came out with the E Series cards, which was Expedition, um, Aquapolis, Sky Ridge, and I think there might be one other one in there, and I can't think of it. Yeah, they also started. There's another few like the Neo Genesis. Oh, and, Neo. oh yeah, yeah. Wow, I completely yeah jumped way way ahead of that. The Neo Genesis uh, um, series, which is there was four, That's and right. then you don't forget the Legendary Collection as well, which was oh. Legendary Co- Collection was just a reprint of the original set. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you're looking at what maybe fifteen, sixteen, somewhere around there, maybe sixteen sets from. 2000 or from 1999 to 2003 that that wizards of the coast actually printed yeah so on average of like four a year do you know now nintendo nintendo pumps out like 16 sets in a matter of like a year and a half to maybe two years it's horrible man 
But before we get in, I, that's yeah, we'll we'll end up getting way ahead of ourselves there because that's something I want to touch base on later on in the episode. But um, just going based off the the evolution of these cards. So yeah, so in two thousand three is when Nintendo took over the printing of Pokemon cards, and that's when um, Ruby and Sapphire came out. So the Ruby and Sapphire series came out. That was Nintendo's uh, first printed set. And that's when you started seeing the, um, if you look on cards, that's when you see like the EX. Have you ever seen like the EX, GX, V on the uh, titles of the cards? It's basically for people who play the games. There's that's It's just a different variation of like the card. It makes it basically more powerful when you're actually playing the tra- like the actual card game. Jump forward now to 2011 when the black and white series came out. That's now when they introduced that's basically so the black and white series started really changing the way um, Pokemon cards were looking because they started introducing now what you see all the time now, which are the full art cards. Okay. so back, you know, back in the original sets, you know, you had your little little mini artwork that was in you know that little square frame on the card but then in 2011 they now started printing the artworks where the artwork of the pokemon is basically the entire card yeah but then when sun and moon was printed so i love sun and moon i love (laughs) this i love this generation of pokemon i just the game was the best um I think the the actual Pokemon they created for it were great. But in my opinion, Sun and Moon, the first print in Sun and Moon was uh, in February of 2017. In my opinion, Sun and Moon is what changed the way people collect Pokemon cards. Interesting. You know, all these, all these earlier sets, you know, obviously all the WOTC sets extremely valuable now you know because wizards of coast don't they don't print cards anymore so you know sky ridge aquapolis base set all those you know if you look at the booster prices like the booster box prices of those sets they're unreal yeah absolutely unreal how expensive it is to buy into one of those booster boxes or even just a single pack alone but yeah, I in my opinion, I think Sun and Moon was changed changed the entire game for Pokemon cards. And I say that because Sun and Moon is when you got when you first got introduced to the secret rares, those rainbow rares. Oh, okay. So they introduced the rainbow rares and they introduced the gold rares as well. I think I agree so, with you. Yeah, and back so Back when those originally came out, the Rainbow Rares, those were the those were the hits then. You know, they still print hollows, but hollows they just they're just not the same anymore. They're cool to see, but I don't think anybody's sitting sitting here collecting hollows anymore, you know. Sadly, you are correct. No one really cares about the hollows anymore in the packs. The but, yeah. Yeah. But when the Rainbow Rares came out and the gold rares came out, I mean that really changed the game for for making 
a lot of these cards like high valued, like right up, right out of the gate, high valued. Because if so, within the Sun and Moon series, you have the Hidden Fates set that came out. And Hidden Fates was printed in August of 2019. Hidden Fates is arguably the best modern Pokemon set that has been released since, in my opinion, um, probably maybe since the Ruby and Sapphire series because there's a lot of sets in the Ruby and Sapphire series that are really good, like the Emerald set or like the Deoxys set. But mm-hmm. I think it in from 2011 and on, Hidden Fates is by far the best Pokemon set, the best modern Pokemon set that has been created. And I still think right now it's considered the best one, even with all these brand new sets coming out. Why is that? What, what makes you say that? So, <laughs> it introduced the shiny full arts so if you've seen if you've looked in uh past um past sets that have been released you'll you see that they have made like shiny pokemon cards you know shiny charizard things like that they've come out with those which are very expensive cards Mm -hmm. but then obviously they start introducing full arts and in this set which Hidden Fates, Shining Fates that came out later too in the Sword and Shield one, those sets are totally focal point of shinies. They Every card, almost all the hits are, are shiny forms. And they have, they came out with the, um, the shiny full art Charizard GX card in that set. That card, still to this day, and it was printed in 2019, Raw, that card sells for $255. Wow. Just raw. PSA 9, you're looking at $339.73. That was the last one that sold. And the PSA 10, it's a $685 card. Wow. That's, I, me personally, I believe that's why. And then if you look at a lot of the other cards, I mean, you have the, um, the full art shine, uh, shiny Umbreon. The full art shiny uh, Espeon. I believe you have Ho is in that set as well. I want to say there's shiny Mewtwo in the set. It just they they really Sweet. yeah they really packed in a lot of the cards and um, I think and not to mention the facts uh, fact that Hidden Fates doesn't have a booster box. They're a straight Elite Trainer box. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, they're just elite trainer. That's that's all they have. And wow. I think I think you can buy a Hidden Fates uh, elite trainer box. I think cheapest is like one hundred and fifty dollars for that um, for that set. That's a lot of money for an ETB. And for a card that that was printed, you know, what three three almost four years ago, to still be two hundred and fifty dollars raw is crazy to me it, for 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 a pokemon card 250 dollars raw that's that's a very valuable card yeah absolutely however however that is not the most expensive charizard from the sun and moon one by the way um but i'll get to the i'll get to the most expensive one from sun and moon later on because if you move past 
Sun and Moon, and you go to Sword and Shield. So Sword and Shield is the current set that's out right now. Obviously, they just released um, Scarlet and Violet, but they, mm-hmm. they released the game. There's no sets for the cards yet. So currently, I think they still have one more Sword and Shield set that they're coming out with, which um, I believe is Crown Zenith. But uh, Sword and Shield was the first one was printed in February of 2020, and that introduced you to the VMAX cards. Yeah. Uh, anybody who hasn't played Sword and Shield, VMAX cards are basically their forms, their uh, Gigantamax forms that the Pokemon take on, where they're just insanely strong, and they like quadruple in size. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty impressive. If you go on, uh, if you go on YouTube and watch some of like the international like Pokemon leagues, like when they play on the Switch and they play and they play using like uh, Sword and Shield format with the Gigantamax and stuff, man, it's insane. It's really cool seeing like a lot of these Pokemon like you know quadruple in size and eat the way they play. Dang, that is, that does sound actually pretty exciting. But yeah, so they yeah they introduced the the VMAX cards, which again is just another for just another variation of a card, you know. So you know you had Sun and Moon introducing, or you had the Black and White series introducing full arts, and then Sun and Moon comes in and they introduce all the the Rainbow rares and the Gold rares. Um, they Hidden Fates goes and introduces the um, uh, the shiny full arts, but then you get sword and shield that comes out and now you have another form of a card in the VMAX cards. But then also what sword and shield did was in the battle style set that was printed in March of 2021, they introduced, which in my opinion is kind of the downfall of Pokemon cards. And it was these damn alternate arts. Oh yeah. Yeah. So your first alternate art, which is just, it's a full art version of the, the Pokemon card, but they just make now a, a fancier artwork for it. So it's, you know, um, like it, uh, it's Dragonite, but it, Dragonite's, you know, flying in the sky, you know, or it's, it's just they're, they're different artworks. They're, they kind of relate to the Pokemon that they're showing and stuff. And people are just going absolutely nuts for them now. Yeah, I think in Battle Cells it's Tyranitar, right? And he's sleeping, or he or she is sleeping under a tree. Yeah, after eating like a huge feast, yeah, uh, sleeping. Yeah, so yeah, Battle Styles introduced the alternate arts, which now have basically just kind of taken out, basically have taken over um, the way people collect in, yeah. in Pokemon cards now. Again, we'll get to that a little later. But if you look at so I, out of the Sword and Shield set, and I think your best alternate art that came out of those sets still right now is the Umbreon alternate art VMAX card from Evolving Skies. Hell yeah. It's a it's yeah. very, very cool card. Exactly. Yeah, the reason these alternate art cards, like we said in previous episodes, that they're getting all the attention is because they're rare and because the the way the cards look are really awesome. And I wish that, uh, I mean, I pre whatever we can get into it later on, but it's, it's the downfall, but they're finally doing something to make the cards that people are pulling a little bit more rare. So I do appreciate that. So right now, currently 
you can so that Umbreon alternate art raw three hundred and thirty six dollars. God. And a PSA nine, the last sold was four hundred and sixty five dollars and sixty one cents. And then a PSA ten is still going strong at eight hundred and sixty five dollars, which was I think the last one sold. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool because then, you know, Brilliant Stars comes out later on and that introduced V-Star cards. So again, another <laughs> different variation of a card. The VMAX cards, V-Stars, they're all just, they're for the gameplay. You know, they're actually for the actual card gameplay. That's just why they have V-Star. It's just a, a different form, making the card just, you know, again, more um, powerful in the game. But as you can see, just just how much Pokemon has changed over the years. You know, and for people who grew up with the 1999 base set cards, where hollows were the hits. You know what I mean? Hollows were the hits. Those were the cards you wanted to pull. And they were simple. <laughs> they were simple and still looked great. I mean, to see the hollow under a light and how much it shined and stuff was 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 awesome right absolutely and now it's just like it it's kind of almost overwhelming don't get me wrong <laughs> don't get me wrong these full art cards are are great some of the artworks are amazing they look really cool but it's it's almost like there's just too much there's too much now because if you if you look at a lot of the sets too the original sets there weren't that many cards printed in the set. Now, now that you add in these, you know, rainbow rares and gold rares, and there's a difference between a regular, um, you know, uh, if let's take Lugia, the, the a Lugia V card is different than a Lugia V full art card. There's okay. actually a difference when they say full art, there's actually a difference in the cards. Like it's, it's, there's so much now that, that you can pull out of these sets, you know, character rares, uh, trainer galleries, um, the alternate arts. I mean, it's the, it, the list can go on with, and now they're like these extensive sets. You know, there's so many cards which have made the, the pull rates a lot harder. And, and uh, it just, as, as you can tell, we're, <laughs> we're fans of Pokemon and we love the sets and we love collecting the cards, but, you know, when when you grew up, grew up with the OG versions of like Pokemon, it's hard to look at all this new stuff and go, can't they just go back to the old ways? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how I feel. It's tough to get excited about these new sets when you know that it's just going to be unlimited printing for real. Like, literally, we don't know how many times they print these cards, and like you said, it's they're they're taken away from that original simple the pokemon and then the the attacks all that the cards that we grew up and fell in love with now it's become almost like unrecognizable some of these cards yeah yeah i agree and and um real so uh let me ask your opinion i mean what do you how do you feel you know how do you feel about uh, the, you know these new sets that they're coming out with i mean do you like these new cards do you uh you know do you what what would you change? You know, what's your opinion on it? 
Yeah. Um, like I said, when you were talking about the, the new sets that come out and then they finally started printing these alternate art, I do like the alternate art cards and don't get me wrong. The full art cards are also really cool. I think the artwork on the card is amazing. The fact that the entire card is hollow. Sometimes those uh, rainbow rares are kind of almost glittery. Oh, it's like textured. Yeah, they're, they're textured. Exactly. That's the right word. Yeah. Thank you. I like those cards. They're pretty cool. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm absolutely upset that now if Pokemon cards, yeah, they're, they're getting more interesting in terms of the image and the texture of the card and the overall excitement. But because, I think we're going to get into it later, because Nintendo is putting out so many different sets so often, it's hard to actually buy them for the resale value that we used to be able to we would get from the original sets like base set fossil jungle the gym heroes gym challenge i love those original cards because it's like we've talked about already so many times on this episode it's what we grew up with and it's what we love and it's it's sad that nintendo is doing this because when it comes to collecting as an adult and i kind of feel like it's not geared for us anymore like there's i mean i we've talked about it jason we can the new boxes that come out i don't have interest in buying those boxes because i would rather just buy the card that i really love like unlike you i don't keep up with like the gen 3 gen 4 gen 5 6 7 all the way to gen 7 the gen 1 and gen 2 are my sweet spot so when they release sets like astral radiance and they have that alternate art Machamp where he's running through the, the village and collecting food. I love that card. I would love buying that card, but I'm not interested in buying an Astral Radiance box when I'm going to get like 400 different cards and not one of them is an alternate art. And honestly... And, not, and a lot of them too. A lot of them end up not... I mean, if you're buying into if you're buying into Pokemon cards, especially booster boxes with the intent of trying to profit a lot of the cards you you pull or end up they're not even profitable yeah that's what i was that's what i was just about to say like even if you bought a first edition box of fossil or jungle or any of the wotc um sets even the base cards in those sets are still valuable as a collector and a and if you want to call yourself an investor, the Pokemon has no longer become like an investment thing. I don't think we could talk about that. I'm going to ask your opinion on that. But even if you bought those original sets, the WOTC sets, you could still make a little bit of money on the base cards. Because again, that's what we grew up with. That's what like the adult Pokemon lovers are really addicted to. And people still make those complete sets and they want those cards. But nowadays, if you open up um, a Battle Styles box or a Chilling Rain box, uh, even Evolving Skies, which we've talked about, is like maybe one of my favorite ones that they came out with because of the evolutions. It's definitely I, it probably the best Sword and Shield set that they came out with. Yeah, but like the in terms of in terms of value, like in terms yeah. of resale value, and in terms of the Pokemon as well, because everyone loves the evolutions. I love the evolutions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eve is another super cute Pokemon that I would probably have in real life. But um, those base cards are honestly donated they're not like i don't i don't really keep them anymore like i would if i was buying an original wotc set i either like package them up and drop them off at goodwill or sometimes i just like i don't know 
honestly, I just leave them like we've it's, it's happened before where I've left them in a box at the end of my driveway and I just have like a a cardboard box with the writing on their free cards and it's just pretty much like base cards and trainer cards because finishing off my thought and then we can get to your opinion yeah i'm upset as an adult which is kind of ridiculous of me to say but i think in nintendo's defense and in the pokemon card printing defense they're gearing it heavily towards kids which is completely fine kids still love pokemon cards and they still collect pokemon cards and that makes me super happy but uh, when it's kind of it stinks being an adult looking at all these pokemon cards being printed because I just feel like that rush of hitting a rare card is not as sweet as it used to be when I was a kid. Because those rare cards, who knows how many they're printing of every single one. And it's, yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking as an adult. But I absolutely love it that kids are still collecting and all these, all these sets are being, being printed for the kids. But I don't know. I it's, it's a, I'm going to swing it to you, Jason, because you keep up with all the generations and you you always look at these new boxes being coming out. But do you are you happy with the way Pokemon cards have evolved? Do you? I think my final point is I think they should go back to limiting how many boxes they print per year and per set. But I don't know. What do you think, Jason? Do we know how many boxes they print per set? That I actually don't know, but. I will say this. There are certain sets that they are, I believe that they, they are like reprinting and the quality control over like the card that cards actually getting like cut and printed has been really bad. I mean, you know, if you, anybody who's seen a Pokemon card, it's supposed to be round edges. Some of these are like jagged. They're like oh, pointy. Uh, yeah, it's it's been, I, and obviously it's because there's such a huge demand for for Pokemon cards now because everybody's getting back into collecting them. Not just kids, but adults too. You know, and there's a lot of people you watch on like TikTok and stuff. There, it's a lot of adults opening up Pokemon cards and stuff, which is which is great. It, it's it's you know it's great to see, you know. Pokemon become such a, a big deal again. But at the same time, it's like it's you're you're spending money on these sets. And sometimes they're just a huge letdown. I'll I'll give you an example. Um in the Sword and Shield uh series, when Chilling Rain was printed, I think. Chilling Rain is one of the most underrated Pokemon sets that has come out within the Sword and Shield series. And I say this because there are three cards in that set that are absolutely amazing. You have your alternate art Blaziken VMAX card. You have that. So in Sword and Shield is when they also introduced the remake of the uh, legendary birds, which is Moltres, Zapdos, and Articuno, and they made their Galarian forms, which is just another, it's a sword and shield um, uh, form, basically. Mm-hmm. And in Chilling Rain, they came out with the Galarian bird cards, and they gave each of them a uh, an alternate art as well. And the Galarian 
alternate art Moltres. Wow. <laughs> An amazing looking card. And then not to mention the fact that they have the golden Snorlax in Chilling Rain. Yeah. However, a lot of people do not like collecting or buying into Chilling Rain because the pull rates were like terrible. They're so hard. Okay. And I and I can agree to that. I have bought into a lot of Chilling Rain sets chasing after that Blaziken Alternart VMAX card. And I never pulled it. Damn. And I'm going to tell you right now, out of, I don't even want to say the amount of money that I paid on the sets, <laughs> but I'm at a loss big time. There's not, I didn't even pull, I think my best card that I pulled was, it was an alternate art, not even a VMAX version of it. It was just a regular alternate art V of the Calyrex uh, Ice Rider, which is an awesome card. That Calyrex Ice Rider um, is a really cool Pokemon. But I think Raw, it was like a $20 card. Uh, maybe even less, probably less now from when I actually pulled it. Dang. But I, me personally, I actually think Pokemon is significantly decreasing the value of their own cards which face it let's face it they don't care what we do with the cards after the fact <laughs> you know what i mean i mean let's just put it put it out there they could care less what happens with those cards after they don't they probably wouldn't care if we just lit them in flames you know what i mean because yeah. people are buying into the sets and they're making their profit off of off of the sets however in my opinion, if you had, if you limited the amount of sets that you put out in a series, wouldn't people, it would make the cards, in my opinion, more valuable because there's going to be less of them. And in return, would probably make people run out and buy it more, right? I mean, because yeah. by the time by the time you're opening up uh, a good example, so by the time people were opening up Brilliant Stars, they were already then leaking. I believe it was uh, Astral Radiance. Yeah. So you just released Brilliant Stars. And now you're going online or you're going on social media and there's already leaks to Astral Radiance and they're leaking the cards because obviously and we all know that the Japanese cards are released first. So in Japan, these sets are released and people get wind of it and then they put, you know, they bring it over to the States and they go, hey, look at these cards and look at these Japanese cards. This is going to be probably the brand new set that's going to come out. So everybody gets super excited. Well, you, you haven't even – Brilliant Star's only been out for a month. Yeah. You're already leaking a new set that's going to come out next month. So they came out with Brilliant Stars and then Astral Radiance. And then while Astral Radiance was out, they're leaking Pokemon Go sets. <laughs> and while Pokemon Go was out, they're, uh, they're leaking uh, – what was it? Lost Origin that came out. Yep. And while Lost Origin's out, they're leaking Silver Tempest. <laughs> you're 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 not even giving these these sets times to like breathe. 
You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're, you're not giving, you're not giving collectors and buyers enough time to truly enjoy the set before you're releasing a new set with a brand new, uh, card list. And then everybody's getting so excited for these new cards that they're now that they stop buying the older, the one that just recently came out. And that's my opinion. You're, uh, yeah, I just, I think you're lessening the value of your cards because you're just pumping out so many sets, set after set after set. You're not giving these these sets time to actually be valuable. I agree. I think that's a really good point. It's uh, and to kind of carry off of that, if they do start limiting how many sets they put out every year, and especially how many cards they print. It, like you said, it, it makes you excited for the next set to come out. Like, why why would I be excited about a set that's, like, why would I be excited about Silver Tempest when they leak that the next set is coming out in a month? Like, okay, great. Thank you for Silver Tempest. But, oh, boy, here comes Scarlet and Violet. So what what do I care about Silver Tempest when this next set is coming out next next week to be ridiculous about it? But I think that's a great point. You, If they limit how many sets they give out every year, it gives you that not only does it give you excitement for the future set to come out, but it lets you cherish the cards that are being printed and you are pulling. And it gives you time to like, if, if you are going, getting into Pokemon and you want to make Pokemon into a profitable experience, which would be amazing because we love Pokemon cards. It gives you time to open those boxes, send the card off for grading, get tens and sell them Great while, that, Great while that market is still hot. But now like, even if I open up Lost Astral Radiance and I hit that Machin and I grade it, it, by the time it comes back, people are already forgetting about the Machamp and they're forgetting about Astral Radiance and they're spending their time on this new set. And- the market, or the, the window of opportunity to capitalize on the Pokemon market is so small. Yeah. And we, we all in Jelly, you, me, Luke, Eric, we have talked about this a hundred times. If you're if you're looking at Pokemon sets to invest in for the purpose of trying to profit, you need to be opening these sets on day one. Day one, right when it's released, and getting these cards because yeah, it's you I mean you've seen it so many times that a card that I know uh, I'll go based off of the, um, the Pokemon go set, the alternate art um, form of uh, Mewtwo. Yeah. I believe it's the Mewtwo from uh, detective Pikachu. Mm-hmm. And uh, when that card was first, when that set was first released, which in my opinion, it's just not a good set. Yeah, I agree. It, it was a hundred plus dollar card, but I couple weeks, you know, a few weeks into it, that card went from being, you know, this hundred plus card. I mean, it was barely hitting like $60. I mean, and you see, you see the market on these cards drop significantly. Very hot when the, when the set first comes out, like maybe within like the first, like two weeks, three weeks, give it a month or two. The moment the new set comes out, those price, those prices just drop. Absolutely. And another thing I want to switch to is, uh, and I'm, I might get a lot of heat for this. I've been <laughs> saying it for a long time. 
I think Pokemon is overprinting Charizard. <laughs> oh boy. Yep. I really think that they they're let's let's face it again. They're capitalizing on the Charizard market. Everybody loves Charizard. Arguably the goat of Pokemon. But I just again, I think you are lessening the value of other cards when you constantly keep printing all these different Charizard cards. Not to mention the fact that you're just lessening the value of your own card, of your own Charizard card. So I'm going to give you, before, we, before I get into the modern versions of, of Charizard, why Charizard is considered the GOAT of Pokemon. Not, not just because he's the only damn starter that Ash had that actually evolved. Yeah. Charmander is the only one that actually evolved for, uh, for Ash in the, um, in the series. But do you know what the most expensive um, base set Shadowless Charizard sold for in a PSA 10? Um, recently or all time? Because recently all, I'm... All time. Oh, boy. I'm going to guess like 40 grand. You want to guess again? That's right. At a zero, $400,000. <sighs> At PWCC's premier auction back in March of 2022, a PSA 10 first edition base, base set Shadowless Charizard sold for $420,000. Awesome. <laughs> yep. And uh, there's only about, I think, 121 known PSA 10s of that Shadowless base set Charizard uh, in existence. Dang, I didn't know that. That makes me kind of happy. So this is why people love Charizard. Not just because Charizard was like arguably the greatest Pokemon that was ever created. Not even, <laughs> not even a legendary. It's not even a legendary Pokemon. It was an original starter. Yeah. Um, but it's because the card prices speak for themselves. You know what I mean? It's the, the sales make people want Charizard. If you look at the second most expensive Charizard card that was ever sold, this one's a lot more rare than the, the base shed Shadowless one because there is actually only 27 of these cards made. Dang. Um, the second most expensive Charizard card was the Gold Star EX Charizard from the Dragon Frontier set, which was printed in 2006. That card in a PSA 10 sold for 60000 over sixty thousand dollars, sixty thousand sixty-five. Wow, I had no idea about this Charizard. Now, now I really want this this out of twenty-seven Charizard. Well, it yeah, it's a gold star card. So there's only twenty-seven gold star cards made. Oh, okay. So not twenty-seven Charizard cards. There was only twenty-seven actual cards printed with the gold star on them. Dang. Yeah. And then if you look at a lot of, I think the, um, I think the last Charizard Hollow from Sky Ridge, uh, I think that in like a PSA 10s, like I mean, you're looking at, oh, you're looking at over like a 10 grand card, probably even way, probably way more. I'm probably lowballing it on like the 10 grand. Yeah. 
it's because yeah, it's because you said uh, it's actually a really interesting point that you said that that they're overprinting Charizard, but uh, it's it's because that's what the people want, and they're taking advantage of buyers like us and Pokemon lovers like us and little kids who love Pokemon, and they're just like, ha ha ha, here you go, take more Charizards, keep buying all these packs, take this, take that, keep buying everything we're printing so that you can give us our money and we can just print our next set next week. So the reason why I say that I believe that they're overprinting um, on Charizard. So going based off the Sun and Moon series, I think that there was only in the Sun and Moon series, I think there was only three Charizards that were printed. The Hidden Fates one in, tw- uh, in 2019. I believe there was a, in one of the team up uh, series or one of the team up sets. I think it was, I want to say it was Charizard and, it was either Reshiram or it's Charizard and and Delphox or something. I can't remember. But there was another form of it that was in a team up. But your most expensive Charizard, your most expensive modern Charizard card, actually didn't even come from either of those sets. <laughs> it came from uh, the Burning Shadows set in, that was printed in 2017, and it was a Rainbow Rare. Dang. Yeah. So in a PSA 9, so this card was printed in 2017. So it's a, uh, the full art Rainbow Rare Charizard. In a PSA 9, it's still selling for $560. In a PSA 10, one sold at, back in November for $3,150. Dang. Yep. Yeah, very cool. Because, like I said, a lot of people arguably think that Hidden Fates is the best overall modern set. But if you look in terms of like the single card price for Charizard, it's in Burning Shadows. That's awesome. I, yeah. did, not, I did not know that. That's exciting. But, so why, why I think Charizard is overprinted. <laughs> so if you look at the Sword and Shield set, Darkness Ablaze was the first set in Sword and Shield that printed a, a Charizard card. And it came out with the Charizard VMAX. Then Champion's Path comes out. They take that Charizard VMAX and they go, let's, turn, let's make that Charizard VMAX card into a, into a Rainbow Rare. So they take the Charizard VMAX and they turn it into a Rainbow Rare. Not to mention... Hey, let's throw in a full art shiny form of a new Charizard and, and, and make a promo card of it as well and put it in each box. So you got three Charizards, three different Charizards in the champion's path. Then Shining Fates comes out. Shining Fates, go, they go, okay, so we got a Charizard VMAX. Now we got the Charizard Hyper, uh, the Charizard Rainbow Rare VMAX card. In Shining Fates, Let's make a Charizard VMAX shiny form. <laughs> and then Celebrations gets released, which was just the, you know, a remake of like basically all like the top like, you know, um, Pokemon cards that were ever made because they redid the original form of the original Charizard Hollow from base set. Yeah. But then Brilliant Stars gets released. <laughs> And what do you think they did? 
they turned, they started the V-Star cards and they made a Charizard V-Star, a rainbow rare Charizard V-Star. And then they added in the alternate art Charizard. Awesome. <laughs> and then Pokemon Go comes out and they make a radiant Charizard. And then let's just let's just throw in the ultra premium collection that they came out with recently too, and let's give everybody three promos of different alternate arts of Charizard. I was just thinking of that too because I know they came out with that like uh, basically a Charizard box dedicated to Charizard. Yeah. So out of just the Sword and Shield set, look at the many different variations of Charizard they printed. Because guess what? If you if you go all the way back to the beginning in Darkness Ablaze, that Charizard V Max. You remember when Darkness Ablaze? Because we invested in Darkness Ablaze. Yeah. We still I still have three unopened booster boxes of Darkness Ablaze sitting in the closet. Hell yeah. Because our thought process was, hey, this is a this is the first Charizard V Max card. This could be very valuable because that card at the time when it was printed, was super valuable. You want to know what that card is now selling for? Don't tell me. Don't break my heart. Raw, you can buy that card for $42. You could even buy that card raw when it first came out for under $100. Now you can buy that card for $42. A PSA 9 sells for around $50. And a PSA 10 sells for around $115. All right. It's a Charizard. <laughs> but it's because, but here's the thing. If you look at all the rest of those, if you look at some of like the rainbow rares that they were came, coming out with in the Sword and Shield set, PSA 10s are only around like, I mean, they're around like two, 200 plus. Dang. Yeah, but I mean, it's, you're, again, you're lessening the, in my opinion, you're lessening the value of these cards because you keep going, hey, let's, Make a new one. Let's make a new one. Let's make a new one. Let's make a new one. That in a, in a collector's mindset or in a, you know, uh, if you're looking for the resale value, it's just, I don't know. I mean, what's, I'm, I mean, how do you feel about that? And like I said, I think you're making a really interesting point. Uh, everybody wants Charizard. Obviously, I still do too. It's like the only card. When I go to... When I go to Gamers World and I go to card shops and they have raw Charizards or just any raw Gen 1 and Gen 2 Pokemons in general, I usually look at those cards and try to buy them. But I think we've, I think we just, we've established by now that Nintendo taking over the Pokemon card world, they are just pumping out set after set after set. And I, I appreciate what, you, what you've been saying because I, I didn't think of it that way. I didn't think about how overvalued Charizard may have become and how they're capitalizing on the buying market of Charizard. But yeah, I think, I think you're making great points. I still love that we have the sealed Darkness of Blaze booster boxes because I, me and Luke, agree that uh, sealed Pokemon cards are the best thing that to have and to own forever because we are addicted to them and we love Pokemon cards and we don't want any old sets going opened because we've talked about that too as Jelly that um, buying the 
base set booster box or buying a sealed fossil booster box. I mean, they're not printing those cards anymore. Wizards, Wizards of the Coast is gone. So eventually you're going to get to the point where those sealed fossil sets, jungle set, Team Rocket, the Gym Heroes, Gym Challenge, those sets, you're going to get to the point where there aren't any sealed left. So me and Luke, we're all excited to keep our Darkness Ablaze booster boxes, but who knows what's going to happen with Nintendo. And I appreciate, like I'm saying, what, you, what you've said about Charizard. Because, yeah, I, the Pokemon card market, in terms of modern Pokemon cards, it's tough to get into it unless you're doing what we've talked about and you're buying it and selling it almost immediately. Until Nintendo changes the way that they produce the cards and release the cards, you need to capitalize, in my opinion, on that instant instant and like very uh, fading value of every set that comes out, including the Charizard cards, unfortunately. Yeah, Charizard may retain value, but you bring up an amazing point in that how long is that Charizard going to have value when they decide to bring out a shining Charizard or they decide to print an alternate art Charizard. Well, if you're looking at, I mean, if you're looking at like the PSA tens of it, I mean, if you're looking at buying a darkness, ablaze booster box, the best card in the set in a PSA 10 is only $115. You're going to end up buying that, that booster box for at least what 90 or a hundred dollars right there. Yeah, I know. You know, so it's almost like, these some of these prices, I mean, unless you get extremely lucky and the first booster box you open, you're pulling the card, which, hey, kudos to you. You don't like it. I did with Chilling Rain. I chased after that Blaziken alternate art card. By the time I was done trying to chase it, I could have bought two of those cards raw. Exactly. That's, you know? that's my biggest point. And I want to uh, I wanna real quick end on this, too, because... One thing that really upsets me the most is that there, there are so many Pokemon that are, that are out there that were created that we're just not seeing. And there's so many different cards that I think of that could be like, wow, like how cool would that be? You're, you're getting all these like character rares. You know, you're seeing a lot of, um, you're seeing a lot of like Ash and Pikachu cards. Uh, you're seeing, you know, May and Blaziken. Uh, you saw Misty and Starmie. Where's where's the Brock and Onyx card? Yeah. Where's first? Where is Jesse and Arbok? Where's <laughs> James and Wheezy? Or Jesse, James, and Meowth? Why are we not? Why haven't we saw that yet? And here's one that really ticks me off: the new set Silver Tempest that came out. Um. It featured Lugia as like a focal point Pokemon in the in the set. Lugia hasn't been a focal point Pokemon in a set since Lost Thunder, which came out during the Sun and Moon series, and that was back in 2018. And Lugia is arguably one of the best legendary Pokemon that were ever created. And you're telling me it took you four years? Four years to print a Lugia card again? And make at least making it valuable, but Charizard has how many different forms in Sword and Shield? Dang, great points. It's crazy, but 
we've uh, rambled on long enough. Because, <laughs> man, this is you know we can you can clearly tell just how passionate we are about when it comes to Pokemon because again, this is what we grew up with. You know, this was my original card collecting set. You know what I mean? So, yeah, amazing points. I I really love what you said because I actually. I feel like I told you guys this <clears throat> when they made the uh, the gym hero sets, even just the gym hero sets, the gym hero gym challenge, and even all the way up until now. Finally, in in Nintendo's defense, I have Pokemon cards that have Ash on them. I really want to know. I, maybe there's legal reasons behind it, but why did it, why did it take so long to have an Ash and Pikachu card? I think it's like an alternate art or maybe like some sort of case hit in the sun and moon. I love that card, by the way. That's one of my favorite Pokemon cards that Eric got us one year. I, mm-hmm. still, I still have that card and I love it. But if I was, I've been pre-praying, honestly, for for them to release a set focused heavily on Ash. You know how crazy, insanely priced an Ash's Charizard would sell for, Jason? Could you imagine? Could you imagine if they printed like an Ash's Charizard and... God, I don't know, Aquapolis or something. Yeah. Oh my God, I would I would pay tons of thousands of dollars for an Ashes Charizard because that's what we grew up with. That's the biggest point and the takeaway from this really long episode that we've extended. <laughs> yeah. We- I mean, it's just this is by far our longest one now, and we <laughs> yeah, apologize for that. Yeah, I'm sorry that we went on such a long tangent, but we got into collecting in general. And the love of the hobby, if you if you want to relate the sports hobby to the just card hobby collectively, TCG, we got into the hobby because of Pokemon cards. And for me, Yu-Gi-Oh cards as well. But TCG is the reason we fell in love with cards. And Nintendo has taken over our, our love, our Pokemon love. And they're just like dragging it to the ground. And it makes me so upset. And I, I'm so happy that you went on your passionate rant about that because that's a great point. Lugia is an amazing Pokemon. I love Lugia. I bought Pokemon Silver because of Lugia. I, yep. And I it's, oh, I never thought of it like that. So I appreciate you saying that it took them such a long time to make it make Lugia the focal point. And, well, yeah. not even to mention the fact that when was the last time you saw Blastoise as a focal point Pokemon? I think Blastoise Preach. has. I think Blastoise in Sun and Moon has two two uh, Rainbow rares, one of which is uh, a team up card. I think it's Blastoise and Piplup. I want to say, <laughs> and uh, and other than the Radiant Blastoise in the Sword and Shield, you have not seen Blastoise. Ridiculous. But also, just to let you know. Um, I just heard this today from one of my buddies at work. I believe the new Pokemon series that they're going to come out with is not is going to be the first ever Pokemon series where Ash and Pikachu are not in it because okay. he because he, he finally became a Pokemon champion, which uh, only took oh, forever. Yeah, yeah. But um, just yeah, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. John, take us away, please. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you everybody for listening to this episode. I really hope that we apologize that it took us so long to get through all this because there's so many new Pokemon sets that come out. And as you can tell, Jason especially is extremely passionate about Pokemon. We all are. Jason, me, John, uh, Luke and Eric. We love Pokemon cards. We talk about them almost every single time we hang out in open packs because it is the original collecting that 
started Jelly, if you want to take it all the way back to those days, the 1990s, late 1990s, early 2000s. Pokemon cards, TCG cards, every single card, they all have sentimental value to people like us in Jelly. And Nintendo taking over since Wizards of the Coast lost the, I don't know if they lost the license or they just decided they're not going to sell anymore. Ever since Nintendo has taken over, our love is being uh, overprinted and undervalued. And it makes us upset. It makes us passionately frustrated. And I'm please reach out to us with your stories and your opinions about the newest sets, the Nintendo sets. If you have a Skyridge box and you're interested in, in letting us just, just witness you open it, reach out to us at Instagram, at Jelly Cards, Twitter, at Jelly Cards, uh, TikTok, at Jelly underscore cards. And I'm just tying this all together into one final statement. We are in cards because we love opening packs. We love collecting. And the foundation of Jelly Cards is TCG, is Pokemon base set, Fossil, Jungle, the original Wizards of the Coast sets. And this episode may have taken us a long time, but I hope that you can forgive us because we are passionate about it and we do love the cards. Any questions or concerns, please reach out to us. And yeah, we may be bashing on Nintendo, but at the end of the day, we do love Pokemon. We do love Pokemon cards. And we will always continue to spread the love of the hobby for as long as we can. Thank you all very much from your friends at Jelly Cards.